What is up, Whisper Nation? Big Travi, Austin Sierra, and Johnny Game Time Hicks here. We are diving into episode 77. We are doing week three start sits, going through rankings, all that right here on the Fantasy Whispers. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. Hey, let's pump up the volume. Right here. <laughs> What's up, Whisper Nation? It is Thursday, September 19th, and you're listening to episode 77 of the Fantasy Whispers with your hosts, Johnny Gametime Hicks and Big Travi and me, Austin. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at the Fantasy Whispers, and you should definitely visit the website, thefantasywhispers.com. We have articles, latest episodes, and of course, our rankings. And new from 2019, we have our Patreon account. So head on over to patreon.com and search The Fantasy Whispers to check us out. Yeah, buddy. We're in it. We We're are in it here. To win it. We are back. Well, uh, week three is upon us. So we're back here for the rankings reaction episode. Really stoked about that. But first, Whisper Nation, I want you to stop what you're doing. Unless you're driving. Keep driving. If you're driving, tell Siri to set you a reminder to stop what you're doing after so that you can go over to YouTube and hit like and subscribe. I know that if you did that, you would enjoy this content because we're putting it out here multiple times a week. We got our man Austin in here, star of the Whisperspective, which right now you guys can go see on YouTube if you were liked and subscribed. Also, Austin, what was the Whisperspective on this week? This week's perspective touched on Antonio Brown signing with the Patriots and how this might actually impact their legacy, what legacy means and how your legacy and your fantasy football league could be remembered. I love that. We, we're all three in our league of record together, right, Johnny? So we all know a little bit about legacy. Johnny, you do a lot of work on the spreadsheets and metrics with our league to kind of build on people's legacy. Yeah, I try to, you know, put data behind it and so we can look at it. it's always fun diving into that kind of stuff it also helps with trash talking you know we, we always bring up that kind of stuff uh so it's it is a lot of fun i love it and new to the new the channel austin now is doing a two-minute drill that gets released on fridays that thing is awesome he runs down every single team in under two minutes it's quite impressive and he gives you sit starts all of that it's really great so good job by austin over there yeah, and that's just all part of liking and subscribing here on YouTube. So go ahead and do that. Um, that one's great, too. You just get, like, all the info you need for every fantasy-relevant player within two minutes. Yeah, and it's funny as beep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, this is our rankings reaction episode. It comes to you every Thursday. Gets you prepped. That's three days you have to listen to this. Get you prepped for some start sit, some rankings talk. And as always, if you want our full rankings, head over to thefantasywhispers.com and check those out there. But before we jump into this ranking show, guys, we're going to jump into some news and notes brought to us by Fanatic. So, Austin, why don't you kick us off with those news and notes? Number one we got here is NFL has reported that Cam Newton is in a walking boot and is trending towards not playing. Johnny, how does this impact the Carolina Panthers and their other playmakers that you might have on your fantasy team? Uh, you're definitely downgrading them a little bit. Now, listen, Cam was never truly healthy at all this season. So is it really going to be a giant you know, letdown? Uh, they are against the Cardinals. That defense has actually been better than what we thought it was going to be. But you still, it's going to be a lot of plays. So when there are a lot of plays ran, you tend to have higher fantasy production. I don't want to have to start anyone in this game. Uh, DJ Moore, if I have to, uh, I like I like Greg Olson, but you certainly are going to downgrade them for certain. Fair enough. I'm glad to hear you say that about Greg Olson because I picked him up today in replace of David Njoku, so I like to yeah. hear that support there. Moving on, Josh Jacobs' hip was limited at practice on Wednesday. Is this anything we need to be concerned about, Travi? What I will say about this is I think it's fine. Um, they, they, I think they're limiting his reps. They want to. They want this guy to handle 60%, 70% of the workload as far as rushing is concerned in, in Oakland. But I will say go swoop up Jalen Richard here mm -hmm. in case anything were to happen to Josh Jacobs, especially if you're in a deeper league. Jalen Richard spent last year splitting a lot of the target market share with Jared Cook as far as who could Derek Carr throw it to because his average, you know, pass attempt is like five yards yeah and the other thing to be concerned with is it's a hip and it's also a groin there's a little bit of confusion that we're dealing uh, with yeah ah. 
Never like exactly. to hear that one. Uh, anytime your groin is impacted. Oof. Oh. Yeah, groin's got Deshaun Jackson out two weeks right now, at least. So at uh, least we right? could see we could see some buy or some uh, flex appeal there with Richard. James Conner right now missed practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with a knee issue. Claimed he's good to go, but Johnny, is this concerning to you at all? Yeah, I mean, anytime you get a running back who you know comes out of a game. There's been a bit of uncertainty there, and as well as there is a backup running back in Jalen Samuels that is more than capable of getting the job done for a week or a small period of time. It is concerning. However, it seems, you know, this is early enough in the week. It seems like he is on track to to start again. Pay attention to this story. We do go live on Sunday mornings right here on YouTube and on our Instagram page, and we will definitely tell you the ins and the outs. So if he does end up being a, an out on Sunday, then uh, we will certainly let you know there. But as of right now, if you had to, if the games were today, I would be playing James Conner. I would feel confident in that matchup. Right on. Moving on, LaShawn McCoy, Kansas City Chiefs running back, missed practice on Wednesday. We're dealing with an ankle issue over here. Big Travis. What does this mean for the Chiefs? What does this mean for LaShawn McCoy? What does this mean for their other pieces? So McCoy's out this today. He had an MRI slated yesterday, uh, it or Tuesday, I should say, and uh, it didn't show any structural damage, but he missed practice. We have Damian Williams also missing practice, who was pulled from the game against Oakland. And so now we're sitting here talking about a guy we were kind of boasting during preseason before McCoy was added and before Williams came back from injury. And that's Darwin Thompson. So I'm really excited about the prospects for Darwin Thompson. Should anything happen to McCoy and he had to sit and Williams had to sit the way I worked my rankings this week, uh, the way they're reflected, you can see those basically LaShawn McCoy will probably start this game with Darwin Thompson mixed in. And because they're being so quiet on Damian Williams, I just don't think he's going to play. All right. Sticking with running backs whose last name starts with M and has only one vowel. Marlon Mack. (laughs) Johnny. Marlon Mack's calf caused him to miss practice on Wednesday. He was spotted with a walking boot, not in a walking boot, but carrying one. Yeah, just as a, it's his new accessory. It's his new accessory. It's uh, the I've latest, seen the, the fanny break. packs are in. The fanny packs are in. The walking boots are in, too. It's really great. You can put your wallet or store your weed in there. Bro. <laughs> drink it. Bro, he's Maybe like carrying it. Snacks, get, bring some snacks to the meeting. Whatever you need, you We're know. Like, Dang, Marlon, are you hurt? He's like, no, nah, I just put put my Skittles in there. J- Jacoby <laughs> yeah. likes it. J- I, I kept some tater tots for Jacoby. He's Over like, you me. want some? He's like, you want some? But uh, kidding aside here, Johnny, Marlon Mack, do we have anything to be concerned with here for your Sunday start? Uh, definitely. I mean, it would be more concerning if he was actually in that walking boot. Um, but I do have Marlon Mack, uh, slated very, very high. I think he has a great matchup. We'll get into that in a second. Um, but certainly if he cannot go, um, then there are other options there. Jordan Wilkins, uh, would be a nice start option there with, uh, Naheem Hines as well. So keep that monitored. Jordan Wilkins, I don't believe is owned in very many leagues. So, um, he could be a night. If you have Marlon Mack right now, I would go grab him just in case for precautionary, um, but that's just me. Big Travi, do you think that Marlon Mack or I mean, do you think Naheem Hines or Jordan Wilkins would be in line to see a bigger role here? I take uh, I'd take the bet that Naheem Hines will be the bigger role here just because he has been in the past when Mack missed time. But I do like Jordan Wilkins and standard and I would prefer Naheem Hines at PPR. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And the last news and notes name we have here, Aaron Jones, according to coach Matt LaFleur, he said he wants to even up the touches between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. So the question is here, how concerned are we for the mental health of Matt LaFleur? (laughs) That's literally all I'm concerned about here. And I'm really concerned about his physical health when Aaron Rodgers finds out about this, because I just, I feel like he needs to stop messing around and let, and just be the assistant head coach he was hired to be. <laughs> yeah. The assistant head coach to Aaron Rodgers. Dang it. Why are you know the drill? Why are Real these thr- uh, these coaches becoming so cute? Like we heard we heard Cliff Kingsbury come out after week one. Oh, I was getting too cute. We saw the 49ers. They got really cute in a lot of their formations. Like, let's just play some football and give it to our best players. How about we just I do think- that? Giving it to your best players seems like a winning recipe to me. I bet Aaron Rodgers would agree with that. Um Looking into the tea leaves, though, and moving down the line between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, do we really think that Jamal Williams is going to eat into uh, any of 
Aaron Jones's workload. Trav, you got the Packers hat on now. What do you think? I would, uh, I would temper your Johnny's emotional over there. I would just not be so emotional here. I don't think that Aaron Jones is going to get vultured here. I look, we saw what happened in Week One when they tried to mix more Jamal Williams in, and the offense couldn't get going. This offense, running a lot of twelve personnel, coming from the Shanahan tree, runs off of a steady running back dose. And Aaron Jones is the more more talented guy. And we've been shouting free Aaron Jones for years now. It's time. Let the guy go and eat. And that uh, yard per carry still starts with a strong. Yeah, it's still strong. His yards per carry for his career and this season starts with a five. So good. Um, All right. Well, that was news and notes brought to us by Fanatic. That's F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. That's where fantasy meets IQ. If you have any Apple device, even an iPad, uh, you can go over to the Apple iStore or App Store and download Fanatic today. Uh, They have a great app. Go over there. Go to the Apple iStore. That's not a a good place to go. Is that even a thing? No, it's not. I was just. Oh, (laughs) it's like Apple Vision. Uh, all right, so we're jumping into the show now, guys, and so I wanted to just remind Whisper Nation what we're doing here. So every week, we submit our rankings to the website. You can go get those at thefantasywhispers.com, but before they hit the website, we send them over over here to our buddy Austin so he can check them out, talk about them, look at them, weigh them against the court of public opinion, and see what he likes, what uh, maybe we need to talk about a little bit, and what you guys might be deciding on in your lineups between uh, guys that you may be benching or starting. We don't want to talk a ton about, you know, the guys we know you're going to start. Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. You're going to start these guys. We want to dive into the guys that maybe you're concerned about or uh, a little too high on. And so, Austin, you want to elaborate a little bit more and then get us started here? Absolutely. We're going to start off with the tight ends. And what we're going to do for the tight ends, the running backs, the wide receivers, and the quarterbacks is – Go down the list of rankings, and when I found a high discrepancy, meaning Big Travi had a high ranking on it, and Johnny Game Time had a lower ranking on it, we're going to talk about that one, or vice versa. If Johnny was high on a guy and Travis was low on a guy, we're going to talk about that one as well. I also threw in a court of public opinion pick. This was a name that either stood out to me as a, wow, I didn't expect to see this guy so high, or maybe on the other side, I didn't expect to see this guy so low, or maybe it's just a new face to the league who deserves a little bit more conversation. With that said, we're going to kick it off with tight ends. The number one tight end consensus was Travis Kelsey. No surprise there. Number two is Mark Andrews, tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Both of you have high rankings on Mark Andrews. Um, Johnny has him number one. Travis has him number two. Um, I want to get a little bit of a weigh-in on that, as Mark Andrews is a somewhat new face to the NFL, certainly a new face to the uh, upper echelon of tight ends. Mm. Uh, We've seen him do well. We've seen him as Lamar Jackson as his quarterback, but... Number two is 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 very high. Where does that really come in? We'll start off with Johnny on this as he had him as his number one overall tight end for the week. So a lot of people are probably going to be shocked and be like, how can you ever have Mark Andrews over Travis Kelsey? And to me, it, it comes down to this game, right? They play each other this week. Uh, you look at the target market share between these two. You have Mark Andrews getting 28% of his team's market share, and yet he's only playing 68% of his team's snaps at the tight end position it's insane what he is doing right now imagine if you were to play you know 80 to 100 percent it would be off the wall and then you look at Travis Kelsey now I understand with Tyreek Hill gone he is going to see more target shares and I absolutely believe that but you're looking at Travis Kelsey who's getting about 22 to 24 percent market share on that offense and yes it is a pass happy offense and you have Pat Mahomes But you also have Lamar Jackson on the other side. And Pat Mahomes has more weapons than Lamar Jackson does. As well as you look at just the defenses. Baltimore has a much better defense. And so I feel like they can bottleneck up Travis Kelsey a little bit more than what Kansas City can do against Mark Andrews. So when I break it all down and put all that in there, uh, I have to go with uh, Mark Andrews as my number one ranked tight end this week. Yeah, I uh, I like what Johnny's saying here. I, I get it. Um, I don't think the question is why is he above Travis Kelsey. It's more like why is he in this tier, right? Why? That's right. How could you make him be in this tier? And I think the the question is answered in his production this year and the tail end of last year. You look at the tail end of last year when Lamar couldn't really throw. He could only throw to Mark Andrews, and so he established a chemistry with this guy that's going to last no matter how good or bad. Uh, Lamar Jackson does. So his floor stays high 
as a target monster for uh, Lamar Jackson. 18 targets, 16 catches, 220 yards, a 10.5 average depth of target, and 42 fantasy points in half PPR formats. I, um, I'm i not afraid of the Kansas City matchup. Johnny spoke to it a little bit. Tyron Matthew is probably the guy going to be lined up against him. And we all love Tyron Matthew from his days with the Cardinals. I know that we love him, but he's more he's more threatening in name value than he is as a shutdown guy, especially for big body tight ends. And so for me, I, I think for this week and going forward, you could be locking Mark Andrews in as a top five tight end. I think that report is going to continue to grow as the season continues as well. And Mark Andrews is going to be staying in your lineup. All right, we're going to work our way down now to the next tight end. Um, we had a lot of consensus ones built in here throughout uh, most of the, all of the tight end ones and getting even into the tight end twos, but we'll work our way through those ones. Uh, number three, George Kittle, followed by Zach Ertz, Evan Ingram, Greg Olson, Darren Waller out of Oakland, Austin Hooper, Vernon Davis of Washington, TJ Hawkinson, the rookie tight end out of Detroit, Tyler Eifert, Vance McDonald in Pittsburgh, Jimmy Graham over there in Green Bay, Delaney Walker out of Tennessee, Noah Fant, rookie tight end of Denver, Jason Witten, the perennial one in Dallas Cowboys, James O'Shaughnessy with Jacksonville, uh, Will Disley and Eric Ebron here coming in at the tight end 19 marker. Uh, he was ranked 26 by Johnny and number 14 by Travis, just outside of the tight end one marks. Um, Travis, you had him ranked at 14. Um, what do you think about him? I know he's a fringe starter for you there. Yeah, so he's a guy who I spent a lot of the offseason bashing <laughs> uh, just because I, I feel like his you know target market share was going to have to come down. Uh, he was going to run less routes and be on the field less than Jack Doyle. And so that's a lot of the experience there. But this week, I'm, I'm kind of okay with him. I've looked at a, over the last couple weeks, right? And the Colts really have a Hilton-dominated market share here. That's T.Y. Hilton, 27% of the team targets. The second closest is Eric Ebron with 13%. So um, it's more about what they're going to have to do in this game. They go or they're on. They're at home playing Atlanta, who's coming in hot off of a win against Philly. They're going to have to throw the football to stay in this game, I imagine. Well, and I think right now going, Vegas Vegas has them as two point favorites actually at home. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I still believe they're going to have to throw the football to stay with Atlanta. Um, I, I look at Atlanta as the better football team, in my opinion. I may be wrong there. Vegas maybe disagrees, but I just look at it right there. And so I think that they're going to have to throw. I think if they do, they'll lean on Ebron. Now, I'm not saying you have to go start Ebron. That Hence my ranking at 15. But I'm saying he could be a streamable option this week. And he's had two shots at two touchdowns. He caught one last week. He had one that he dropped the week before. Johnny, you kind of disagree here based on that ranking. Give him a 26, which is basically saying even if you're in a two tight end league, you don't want him. Um, I don't. Uh, I just don't like the matchup this week. Uh, I did not look. Indianapolis Colts have been running the ball more than they have been passing. They're about right now. It's about 50, 54 percent rush to a 46 percent run. Excuse me, I can speak there. Uh, 46% run. So, uh, like I said, Vegas does have them slight favorites in this game. I think that they'll continue to feed the rock to the running backs there. They Listen, they have to keep Matt Ryan off the field in order to be in this game. I understand which offense is more potent. Clearly, it's Atlanta. But we would have said that about the the um, the Chargers week one. And guess what? They almost had a chance to win that game. And so I think in order to win these games, uh, the Colts are going in a different route. We're not seeing this pass-heavy kind of offense. We're seeing they are running the ball, and they're letting their defense play good defense and hoping that that just keeps them in the game. Now, do I think that Ebron could get some – he'll get targets. He's he's averaging, I think, uh, Travis said 13%. But, you know, when you break it down, and they're only going to be passing, you know, 20 – I haven't projected about 25, 26 passes – and you're saying 10% of that is, or 13% of that is what Ebron's going to get. I, I just, it just doesn't add up to me. And so I would stay away from Ebron this week. Fair enough. All right. That's it for our tight ends. We're going to move on now to quarterbacks and running down that list, starting out number one, we have Patrick Mahomes out of Kansas city, followed by Lamar Jackson, quarterback for Baltimore, Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans, Matt Ryan of Atlanta, uh, Dak Prescott for the Cowboys and Baker Mayfield, second year quarterback out of Cleveland. This is the public opinion choice. 
Uh, we both have him here as the consensus number six pick. It's Travis's number eight. It's Johnny's number four. Basically, I wanted to hear. I, I had somebody in another league drop Baker Mayfield. Is this warranted? Is is people should people be trying to acquire Baker Mayfield in a trade? Is it safe to drop him? Do you just hold on? You obviously like him here in your quarterback one selection, Travis. Yeah, I think it's always safe to drop a player depending on who you're picking up to get him. Uh, okay. If you're picking up uh, Patrick Mahomes, go for it. <laughs> drop. I don't know why he'd be there, but I don't know why you'd be dropping Baker after two games. Look, uh, the, the bottom line here is that Baker has a plethora of weapons. He's married to two coaches, one in the head coach of uh, Freddie Kitchens and Todd Munkin as the uh offensive coordinator he's married to those two guys and both of those guys have been on teams that have averaged top five and pass attempts for every other team they've been with so the bottom line is they are going to push the ball down the field here chubb's going to get his we like chubb as a top 10 back usually every week but the bottom line is is that people are panicking on baker based on what's happened so far tennessee they were not ready for they came out and he threw a ton of picks he's got four picks already through the year only two touchdowns but he's still top 10 in things like average depth of target. He still has OBJ on his squad. And we just saw what OBJ did in New York under the bright lights. And I think this is kind of the, the line in the sand you draw here. This is against the Rams. It's a tough matchup, I know. It's on prime. It's in prime time on Sunday night. I want to see – it's at home. I want to see Baker's moxie put on the field for once. We've seen a lot of it with the mustache. We've seen a lot of it in a press conference. Give me it, it on the, the field again. Yeah, I haven't seen it on the field again this year. And so I would say give him one more week, give him this big premier matchup, and then see where you're at uh, with Baker Mayfield. But this week, I like him as number eight. I think he's still a top 10 option this week. And I, I have faith in Baker Mayfield. Johnny, you have him even higher at four. Do you have anything else to add to that? That was a great rundown there by Travis. But anything you'd like to throw on top? Again, this is against LA. the LA Rams. It's going to be a, a shootout. At least Vegas is projecting it that way. One of the highest over-unders, 51 uh, they are projecting the Rams to uh, be winning this game. So Baker is going to have to throw more. And I think that he will do a good job this this week. I think he's, you know, again, the season, they don't, the preseason isn't really the preseason anymore. They don't really play in the preseason. So the first few weeks are all, you know, that is the preseason. That's when teams are really getting, you know, gelled and, and figuring things out. And let's also remember OBJ and Baker haven't really played that much together. They, you know, Baker sat out the entire preseason. They're new together. They're developing that chemistry. And we saw a bit of that this past week when they hooked up for a monster touchdown. We did. Yeah. So, I, you know, I would not be dropping Baker Mayfield. Now, if he does struggle again this week, then you really do have to have that consideration or at least trying to trade him away. But I think this week he is a very solid option. I think that, like Travis said, I think he's going to wake up feeling dangerous. And I honestly think that. And the other thing that I like, though, I will say is I am kind of liking the little bit of struggling because I have uh, several bets on Murray versus Baker. And so far, those are looking fantastic. So we're hearing positive things about Kyler Murray and uh, always sit tight with Baker Mayfield. Always for now. Number seven, moving on in the quarterback list, we have Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. Number eight, Matt Stafford followed by Jared Goff out of Los Angeles Rams, Kyler Murray, Arizona, uh, Tom Brady with New England, Russell Wilson out of Seattle, Carson Wentz with Philadelphia, and number 14, Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Travis, you have him here at 10. Johnny, you have him at 20. So, Travis, you're basically saying this is a startable QB1 this week. Johnny is saying only if you're in a double quarterback league. Travis, how do you put him there in the top 10? What gave you the confidence to do that? Uh, he's coming off a really good game. Three touchdowns, nearly 300 yards, playing Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has been top 10, number six in fantasy points allowed to the QB, 24.9 per game. So he's got a really good shot to land within the top six. I'm putting him at the top 10, so I'm kind of hedging my bet even a little bit there. And we look at what San Francisco was last year. They were a team that ran a ton of yardage but didn't score a ton of touchdowns. They were a prime candidate for positive regression coming into this year. And I think we're starting to see that with all the backs that they rotate in that get Shanahan's system that are catching balls out of the backfield. You've got Kittle. Uh, Debo Samuel emerged last week as a guy that they're playing now over Pettis that's looking really good. Um, and I think, you know, Marquise Goodwin from last year. Jimmy G needed to get his legs underneath him after the injury. I think he's shaken off a lot of the rust. I'm really excited about not only 
this week because of the Pittsburgh matchup, but going forward for Jimmy G. Right on. And you, Johnny, though, you don't have him. You're not a big fan this week. Why not? Um, I, I will say that, you know, seeing the rankings, I would I will probably adjust him a little bit, but not significantly. Listen, uh, this is a game where, you know, it is in Pittsburgh. However, the 49ers are still favorite in this game, uh, even on the road. And you look at again, I want to break up these the run to pass ratio. And this is another team. We talked about the Indianapolis Colts. And guess what? The 49ers are even even more run heavy than the Indianapolis Colts, and they are 56 to uh, 44 percent run to pass. <laughs> Excuse me. So they aren't throwing that they they are relying on that running game. And guess what? Their defense is really good. Their defense has been shutting out uh, teams and and really limiting them. And I think that that might happen again this week. It's not a significantly high over under. It's kind of in the middle there. And so I think that the 49ers will be in control of this game. I do think that the, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is going to be a little bit better this weekend because they did, uh, they did trade with Miami for, uh, their safety. He is a good young safety and I think he will fit well in that defense. Um, so I, for me, I just, I think that their game script will not flow in the direction that you would need for Jimmy Garoppolo to throw for 300 yards. I don't think they need it. Uh, and so therefore I have, uh, limited that, but I think their running backs are fantastic and that defense is good. We will wait and find out moving on now from quarterbacks to wide receivers. We're going to start off at number one and work our way down. Uh, Odell Beckham comes in at this week's number one choice. Talked about him earlier receiver for the Cleveland Browns. Followed by DeAndre Hopkins out of Houston, Michael Thomas out of New Orleans, Keenan Allen with the Chargers in Los Angeles, Sammy Watkins, that new wide receiver one in Kansas City with Tyreek Hill out, Devontae Adams coming in at number six in Green Bay and brings us to number seven, Emmanuel Sanders. This is the public opinion choice over here. Uh, we had Johnny rank him at number uh, six, excuse me, Travis rank him at number six, Johnny rank him at number 11, both of you have him in the top. Uh, of wide receivers, wide receiver one, Travis. That's a pretty high number there, number six. What gets you so excited right now about Emmanuel Sanders? Uh, we were kind of waiting to see what would happen with Joe Flacco, right? To yep. see like which guy he would vibe with. A lot of people thought the tight ends because of, of his final years in Baltimore. That's kind of what he did. And Noah Fant got drafted, so uh, you know maybe Noah Fant. But like rookie wide receivers, rookie tight ends tend to struggle. I'll tell you who it's been, guys. The guy that leads the NFL in red zone targets. Emmanuel Sanders. He's got seven red zone targets through two weeks. He's tied for 14th in the NFL with 20 targets overall, just two games into the year, and he's the wide receiver four on the year right now. We're talking about a team that has not looked very good on either side of the ball, if we're honest, and so Denver will be in a lot of games where they're going to have to throw to get back into it, similar to last week when they tied the game just to get, you know, lose it on a kick. Uh, who did they lean on? Emmanuel Sanders. And I think, you know, similar to what we've seen in the past with Jacksonville, where you have to lean on one of those wide receivers. Emmanuel Sanders is a guy I'm buying on a bad team that I want all shares of. And this week uh, plays Green Bay. I know they've been tough, but you're based on what Green Bay showed me last week. You're going to have to throw to keep up with Green Bay. That usually is the, the case, especially when Green Bay's at home like they are this weekend. I really like Emmanuel Sanders this week. Johnny, and you have him at 11. That's still a wide receiver one, just a little below there of Travis's ranking. Anything to add? Yeah, I mean, he, he, you're talking about a wide receiver who's getting, you know, 10 to 11 targets. He's averaging 10.5 targets per game. You like that volume automatically. And again, Travis talked about how the Green Bay Packers offense or defense is a lot better than last year and has stepped up. But you look at where Emmanuel Sanders does a lot of his dirty work, and that's underneath uh, underneath the, the routes, right? And if you look at what the Green Bay Packers have given up the most, it's short right and short middle and then short left. Are Those are the top three that they give up the most. And guess what? That is what Sanders runs. Those are his routes. So I expect another dink and dunk because that's what Joe Flacco does now. And, uh, and that plays in the hand of, of Sanders and he looks great. Let's just like kudos. To he does him. look good. He, he yeah. gives, you know, I know this is a fantasy football show, but this gives hope to, you know, other sports and guys who do it because before an Achilles injury, just like modern medicine, right? Like we've seen like Achilles had been the, the Achilles heel. For uh, a lot of people, and uh, people are, you know, Emmanuel Sanders bouncing back. Yeah, looking yeah. good. So I love Brad- Emmanuel Sanders this week. 
Brad Pitt would not be stopped yeah. these days. <laughs> yeah. A little Troy, little Troy reference over on that one. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, the number eight receiver, Julio Jones out of Atlanta. Juju Smith-Schuster in Pittsburgh. Cooper Cup uh, for the Rams. And Chris Godwin over here. Chris Godwin, Travis ranked him 21. Johnny ranked him seven. So Johnny's got Chris Godwin here as a pretty high level wide receiver one. And, and Travis is flirting there with wide receiver two value. Johnny, tell me why you love tell me why you love Chris Godwin right now. Well, Chris Godwin is listen, uh, you have to be like water in this industry, right? You have to be able to admit when you see something or when you are wrong and be able to pivot. If you don't do that, you're destined to fail. And I will admit I was extremely wrong in Chris Godwin. I did not see this happening. I did not uh, coming into this season saying that he would be we all me and big Travi joked about it we're saying the number one receiver for the bucks that's mike evans how can that even come close to being anybody else and if you were to say it was going to be anybody else it would be oj howard well guess what oj howard has since disappeared i don't know what is going on bruce arians comes out and he's been you know attacking oj howard saying he's not a good football player which i don't understand uh, but you look at this this target market share and what do you know it is uh, Chris Godwin leading that uh, target market share with 25%, and you have Mike Evans at 23%. So I don't think that this is going to change because Chris Godwin is not coming off the field. He's looking great. And then guess what? He goes against the New York Giants this weekend. Couldn't ask for a better matchup. You know, Chris Godwin has been a beast so far this season. And so I just, I'm going to be like water. I'm going to adapt. And Chris Godwin is the receiver that everyone thought he was going to be. Travis, you might have a little bit of a different take on it. Or maybe you agree with a lot of the things that Johnny's saying. You just downplay them a little bit where, where, what's causing you to have him at that wide receiver two level i just have concern that what we've seen is a bit of an aberration at least in the sense of how much of the market share that godwin's dominated and how much he's been relied upon i still and you know maybe i will go down with the ship johnny wants to be like water i understand that completely i've been wrong i have i have chris godwin at number 21 that that is screaming that i was wrong on chris godwin this year so i understand that uh, I would just say that I think things are going to start to shift back to Mike Evans dominating as the wide receiver one in this on offense with some great games out of Godwin still. But I like Evans here. And what more of a get right game than what Johnny's talking about against the Giants here? The Giants on average are giving up 36.7 fantasy points per game to wide receivers. I think Mike Evans, maybe even OJ Howard could finally get it going here. And I think that would downgrade for me just a little bit, Chris Godwin, but just a little bit to wide receiver 21, which is still a wide receiver, too. And one thing I will add on to note uh, the, uh, with Big Travis argument is also that Mike Evans has been sick. Let's remind like remind ourselves of that. Uh, I think Mike Evans has, is a extreme buy target uh, to yep. go for this yeah, week. Yeah, I couldn't around. agree more. And I don't think that you'll be able to buy him after this week because I do think he will have a really good game. And Mike, yeah, like I said, Mike Evans was sick with the flu. Uh, he was not healthy. He was just basically rolled out there week one. Week two, he's still trying to catch up. So I think this is a get right game for Mike Evans. Uh, but I still think Chris Godwin is going to ball out. Right on. Um, moving on there. Number 12, we have DK Metcalf, followed by Larry Fitzgerald, the legend himself. 14, DJ Moore in Carolina, which brings us to Kenny Galladay, the number 15 consensus receiver, where... Travis has him at seven, where Johnny has him at twenty six. Travis, this is, this is like a tale. <laughs> it's a flip flop of exactly of Chris Godwin. Like I, we're just on opposite stances, right? Um, I didn't mean to jump right into that, but I just, I just felt like saying that here. I think it's the same thing uh, for me, where I see an opportunity here for this matchup in general, Philadelphia, and and unlike in the situation with Tampa Bay where you could maybe make a case for two wide receiver ones. I don't think we're seeing that in Detroit. I think we're finally seeing Kenny G be the number one guy for Detroit here. We've seen him dominate the target market share has 19 targets and five more targets than any other player on the team. So we see that Stafford is looking for him. Galladay has a touchdown in both of the first two games. And if you thought the Eagle or if you thought the Giants were a good matchup, the Eagles are a better matchup. They're number two uh, worst against the wide receiver through these first two weeks. 
I love what I'm seeing out of Galladay and the connection with Stafford. And I'm honestly loving what I'm seeing out of Detroit as far as how many times they're throwing the football. We They came in talking about Daryl Bevel. They were going to run and run and run. Uh, they've actually thrown the football a lot more than I thought, and I think they continue that against Philly this week. And, Johnny, you're kind of on the opposite side here. You have them just outside of a wide receiver two ranked at 26. Mm-hmm. What brought in that ranking? So... I do still have my concerns about what is the identity of this team, right? Kenny G, I love him. I think he's a great player. I think he's extremely talented. But he is getting 26% of this team's market share, target share. And that seems very, very high. He didn't even get that much last year when, you know, all these weapons weren't even there. He was getting 24%. And so you see like an influx in that. Yes, the chemistry is there. I like that. But you're looking at the matchup this week against Philadelphia, and it is a high over-under. Philadelphia is at home, but they are seven-point underdogs. So I do it. They, you know, the uh, the Detroit Lions. They release C.J. Anderson this week. I think that bodes well for Carry On Johnson. I think they're going to feed him. I think he's going to have a monster game. And you know, the over/under would indicate that they they are going to probably run the ball more because they'll be ahead. Also, if you look at what Philadelphia gives up, and they really don't give up too many deep balls, and that's where Kenny G kind of gets his money and and makes his hay are you know deeper targets and they're really not giving up a whole lot of those compared to the short and intermediate routes so uh, i do have my concerns with kenny g this week against philadelphia moving on the number 16 wide receiver calvin ridley out of atlanta followed by marquise brown in baltimore tyler boyd out of cincinnati robert woods over there with the rams ty hilton in indianapolis tyrell williams in oakland and our number 22 wide receiver dj shark in jacksonville you had Travis him at the number 31 ranking, uh, which is wide receiver two territory, uh, or wide, yeah. uh, wide receiver three, excuse me, pro- maybe, maybe a flex. Yeah. Um, Johnny's more confident with him at 17. What caused you to put him at 31? First of all, I have to say, I love the way you pronounce it, his last name. I've been calling him Shark. You say, you kind of like, it's not, you don't say Chark or Shark. It was like, shark it, i don't know it's smooth I, try to do it again i i can't i don't <laughs> think you can but like i'm gonna save that clip because yeah. i think that was the perfect pronunciation we're gonna send it to him maybe he'll shout us out either way um i i just have maybe this is bias uh from being burned on jacksonville wide receivers in the past but i have a problem trusting in one guy to be the guy i mean after week one we were screaming for dd westbrook all through preseason we were screaming for dd westbrook now, after two weeks, we're saying, oh, it's DJ Shark or Shark or Shark. whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have my trust issues there. I also have trust issues with Minshew, not off the football field, because the dude is 100% swag on fleek. I mean, I thought I was in love with Austin's mustache. I may have found one better in, in Gardner Minshew's. Just a little. But for the show, oh, this guy's stretching in just his jockstrap. He's he's out there running a locker room. I mean, he's doing that in Jalen Ramsey's locker room. Right. I mean, Jalen Ramsey did just ask for a trade. Yeah. So maybe it's <laughs> maybe there's a correlation. Um, but I think the big thing for me, four guys have 12 or more targets in this offense right now. That means the ball is getting spread around. That means Minshew's doing the things that are right that are keeping him as a good starter. He's just spreading it around, getting to whoever's open. And I think Shark's got some upside every, each and every week but I don't think he's a guy I'm going to be depending on as my wide receiver too each and every week. Uh, or if I'm going to do so, I need to see it a couple of weeks. Johnny, you feel a little differently about this one. You're more optimistic over there at had him at 17. Why should we feel comfortable starting him in our lineups at a wide receiver two position? I am loving what I'm seeing over there uh, from DJ, and he is becoming the target leader there. Yes, we were on DD Westbrook, but again, that was with a different quarterback. And, you know, some would argue that Minshew is like, better than what they had in Nick Foles. I don't know if I go that far. I don't know if I go that far, but I'm just saying what there's what's being reported. Listen, (laughs) 48 and a half over under in Vegas, Jacksonville, six and a half point underdogs. They will be throwing DJ shark is getting a ton of volume here. And look, we talk about how Mike uh, can't guard Mike, Mike Thomas, you know, 
85% reception rate last year, which was phenomenal. Now, I understand it's only through two games, but DJ Shark is right there, 85%. Whatever comes his way, this guy's hauling in. Uh, and so, yes, most of his, his damage is going to be uh, shorter to intermediate routes, but we saw this guy is an athlete. He was drafted not because of he was a really good wide receiver, he needed to develop. They draft him because he was an elite athlete, and we are starting to see that, and it is coming together for him. And, you know, once – this is the other thing. Backup rookie – or backup quarterbacks, we see this all the time. We The backup quarterback comes in, and we think, like, oh, he's got all these weapons, and this is exciting, and guess where he goes? He goes to his comfort zone where he is, and guess what? Him and Shark have had this chemistry. Why? Because they have practiced together a lot. And you are starting to see that. And so for me, I like the targets he's getting. I like the opportunity. It's a Thursday night game, so it's a little bit concerning there. But we do tend to see guys perform. And I'm not I'm not afraid of Tennessee's defense. After what I saw last weekend, come on. You know what, Travis? I think he means it. Yeah, I think he does. <laughs> I think he does. All right, love that take over there. Definitely something excited to stay tuned and see how that Situation develops really everything in Jacksonville. I mean, yeah. All right, we're going over to the running backs now. I'm rooting for him. Why not? We're going to start it uh, with number one as we do and work our way down there. Alvin Kamara, the consensus number one back out of New Orleans. Saquon Barkley, number two there uh, out of New York. Uh, Giants. Austin Eckler, love that. He's climbing up there right now out of the Chargers. Christian McCaffrey over there in Carolina. Ezekiel Elliott out of Dallas. Nick Chubb in Cleveland. Dalvin Cook, he's looking good over there in Minnesota. Bringing us to number nine, Marlon Mack. Number eight. Number eight, excuse me. Thank (laughs) you. Yeah, we have Johnny ranking him at seven. We have Travis ranking him at 12. Travis, you have him just out, just on the edge of that RB1 position. Um, And Johnny's a little bit more excited about him. Let's start off with you, Travis. Uh, yeah, look, he is the RB12, I believe, on the year. So he's right about where I think he's going to finish. Uh, when I saw what Cook did to Atlanta, I was super excited. And then I watched Philly get in there and not be able to get a run game going at all against him. So I'm kind of, I don't know what uh, is possible here against Atlanta. Depending on what happens in that game, could Indy be out of it and, you know, and force Marlon Mack out of game script? Uh, I, once again, Similar to the take above, I believe Atlanta's the better team here. Vegas, it's definitely – I love that Johnny brought up the the spread in this game. It is, you know, favored – two-point favorite is Indy here, but I am bet I bet on Indy – or I bet on Atlanta here because of that spread. Uh, I, I just think that they're going to be playing keep away from Atlanta um, as much as they can, but how long will that last? Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I think he's an RB1. He's got five yards per carry. This is just a guy that lives on game script. He has, and it was part of the concern coming into this year – would he be able to sustain RB1 status uh, without Andrew Luck? Um, we saw it kind of go the other way last week. He didn't have his best game. First week, he had a great game. So we'll just kind of see what happens here. I'm not down on Mac. I just, I'm not as confident as Johnny this week, but I still love Marlon Mack. And Johnny, why are you more confident on this one? You have him five places higher at number seven, uh, just outside the top five. So, like I had said earlier when we were talking uh, above about Ebron, I do think that they are going to run the ball a little bit more in order to stay in this game. You look at what Atlanta's – Atlanta's giving up 172 rushing yards when they are not playing at home uh, for the team. Now, I understand that was just one game, and that was – so I'm not projecting him to get – Uh, that many yards Uh, but I do think that he has a very good chance to fall into the end zone and I do think that he sees you know 17 to 19 carries and when he does that typically based on what he has done in the past he does get himself over 100 yards and also one thing I am a little concerned with though like Travis said if this does, in fact, uh, the script flips and they do have to come from behind or, you know, throw, uh, we have seen, you know, the big thing for Marlon Mack that got us so excited preseason was that we saw Marlon Mack getting catches out of the backfield. And then all of a sudden the season started and all that went away. He has had zero targets out of the backfield. So that does suck. Uh, that does hinder uh, his upside, I believe. But I do think that I like this matchup against Atlanta at home. And uh, so I, I do like Marlon Mack this week. Fire him up. All right. Moving Fire on here. Unless Number nine, Levy on Bell. Unless, unless he's out, unless he don't. brings, unless he brings the boot, the walking boot. And this with time him. he's unless wearing it's it. Actually <laughs> on, yeah. yeah. Don't do that then. Le'Veon Bell followed by the consensus number ten in Aaron Jones. 
Travis, you have him at number seven. Johnny has him at number 14. Travis, RB7. Love that ranking with someone who has him on his own team. Let me t- Tell me why he's such a good back this week. I'll just tell you why he's such a good back, period. <laughs> Love it. I could do this for hours. Aaron Jones is an incredibly talented back. I don't care what Matt LaFleur wants to think about Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones is the man. Uh, you t- talked about the top of the show. Five yards career uh, per carry. Five yards per carry this year. Uh, been catching the ball out of the backfield a lot more than he ever had in college, which is a great sign. Uh, we love that he he added that to his game. He went from the week one clunker when you were just ready to sell him to whoever would offer to 23 rushing attempts against Minnesota against Minnesota. Okay. That's a really good defense. 116 yards and a touchdown that brought him all the way up to RB 14. I think we're finally seeing the wheels off here. It's time now, like just plug him in. Let's go. I'm confident in the matchup here against Denver who has allowed 315 yards on average to opposing offenses. Uh, They're very middle of the road and they got to come to green Bay and play this game. Green Bay always usually historically runs better at home. Like they did last week, they're going to do it again this week. I, I just really like Aaron Jones, and I don't see a lot of negatives in this in this game. Johnny, you told us how much you did like Aaron Jones earlier. You have him ranked at the 14th position with a running back two this week. So we know you like him, but just not not as much as Travis this week. Tell us why. Well, I, I do think that Matt LaFleur is going to get cute and give more carries to Jamal Williams, which I don't understand. It makes zero sense at all. Um, and so that did affect uh, that a little bit, as well as you look at Denver. Now, I understand there are no Minnesota Vikings defense, uh, but they are only giving up 98 yards uh, rushing uh, on and on away games. And this is an away game for me or for them. It is a 43 and a half point over under. Uh, so it's not very high there. there and uh, Vegas is not projecting them to score very many points. And so I just don't have a whole lot of confidence yet in LaFleur and his shenanigans to mm-hmm. to be there. I'm I will not be shocked at all if if Aaron Jones ends up as an RB seven or even higher than that because he is so talented. I just it's the coaching staff, it's Matt LaFleur. It's frustrating. That's what it is. I mean there's definitely a case to be made that LaFleur lost track of Derrick Henry last year with the Titans. Could end up doing it again here with Aaron Jones. I understand the concern. Um but I just feel like if you watched them last week, you finally saw the, the Packers after two weeks look good on offense. And I feel like going away from that would be going away from what's good for them. Hopefully they do what is right for them. Um, moving on to the number 11 back, Chris Carson, followed by David Johnson out of Arizona, Derek Henry in Tennessee, Leonard Fournette out of Jacksonville, carry on Johnson in Detroit. Todd Gurley out of Los Angeles Rams, James Conner in Pittsburgh, Matt Breda out of San Francisco, Philip Lindsay in Denver, Josh Jacobs, the running back for the Oakland Raiders, Royce Freeman running back in Denver, LaShawn McCoy now over there in Kansas City, uh, Raheem Mostert in San Francisco as well, followed by David Montgomery at the number 24 pick. This was the public opinion pick. Um, you two had these had him ranked 23 and 24. So very, very close. And I wanted to flag this one as a guy who have we seen anything from him yet? You have him as an RB two, which means he's going to be starting in your league if you have a twelve person league. Um, and some people would probably be very happy to have a, a running back two at that position. David Montgomery, you still feel is going to be your guy at that spot. Johnny, why do you have him here right there? Well, listen, I like the matchup against Washington. I also like that what we saw from Matt Nagy from week one to week two, he got a lot of uh, screw. He got scrutinized quite a bit for not giving David Montgomery more carries and more touches after, you know, seeing what we saw on the, on the film, he breaks tackles. He's a monster when he runs the ball and, you know, and then you pair that with everything that they were saying in the off season. It was like, Whoa, this isn't adding up. All this hype and all this stuff, and then you're going to come out and and not give him very many carries week one. And then he flipped it. He gave him 18 carries last week, and he looked good, and he continues to look good. And I don't think that you're going to be able to buy him low very much longer. I would try to make an offer for him right now if you can. Try to prime away because he will be a very good running back. And listen, you know, Tyreek Hill or Tariq – not Tariq Hill. Uh, Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen, thank you. Is he's not getting the ball very much, on, running it at all. Mike Davis. He's. Can I say it, Travis? Are you going to get Matt? We don't want him on the show, do we? 
because I'll just say it right now, Mike Davis is trash. He's garbage. And so uh, David Montgomery is the cream. Well, we lost our chance yeah. to get him on the show. <laughs> yeah. um, but he, you know, we always say this talent will rise to the top. At least uh, we hope it will. And I think that we will continue to see that with David Montgomery. They will continue to give him more and more carries because he is that talented. Give me that Travi take. Yeah, I just want to build on what Johnny's saying here. Like, uh, Austin, you came in and said, what have we seen so far, right, that makes us feel confident in David Montgomery? Well, one, he's one of the most dynamic uh, running backs ever to come out of college as far as breaking tackles. I mean, that more than Saquon Barkley, more than Ezekiel Elliott ever did in college. Like, he was the guy for that metric. So that's great, right? Then we saw a bunch of practice and preseason where he looked really good. Okay, so yes. The concern is we saw week one on Thursday night prime time. So that bias is right there in our brain saying Montgomery looked like crap. What the heck? Montgomery looked bad. Mike Davis is getting more takes. Well, as Johnny alluded to, maybe not so nicely, Mike Davis did nothing against Denver. Three carries for a yard. And then Tariq Cohen, who they basically relegated to their slot wide receiver, got four carries. He even got a carry more. I mean, Corderell Patterson got half as many carries at two. And then David Montgomery with 18 carries, only a 3.4 average. We talked about Denver. They can be tough. Scored the touchdown, so he's getting some red zone looks again. If the Bears can kind of get it going on offense, Montgomery has a really nice ceiling as that lead back, as a better Jordan Howard. And so I and a guy that can catch. So I, I think that there's plenty to be excited about now, and I think similar to Aaron Jones, I've seen enough out of the cute coach in week one and then him to get back to football in week two yeah. to realize it's time to go for these running backs. Yeah, and I, I, like I, I do think, too, that Nagy, was he's just putting in too many systems. He's trying to get too many things going, too many you know uh, play action and like just all this stuff that he doesn't need to do. Mitch Trubisky is not there yet. You give him what he had last year. You stick with one running back, maybe change in Cohen, you know, to, to refresh. But I, I think that that's where it's going to move because that's when we saw this Bears offense actually move, uh, move the ball. Well, like a Bears offense, hopefully we'll start moving the ball. We move through this show, yeah. guys. We are done with it. We've done it all. We've walked through these guys. But Whisper Nation, if you've got any guys that you're intrigued about or want lineup questions, Get on that YouTube, hit like and subscribe, comment on that screen right there, and we'll answer those questions as well as hit us up on all social media, and we can answer those questions as well. Austin, thanks so much for diving into the, this with us. Johnny, as always, so much fun. If you guys want any more content, Whisper Nation, go to the fantasywhispers.com. And, of course, for Johnny Game Time Hicks and Austin Sear, I'm Big Travi, and we are the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Catch us live Sunday for your lineups. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.